Till shade is gone. Till water is gone. Into the shadow with teeth bared. Screaming defiance with the last breath. To spit in Sightblinder's eye on the last day. By my honor and the light. My life will be a dagger for Sightblinder's heart. Until the last day. To, to Shiloh Ghoul itself. itself. This is a Dagger for Sightblinder, a podcast focused on all things Wheel of Time, with your hosts, Sarah Lucas and Adam Tricola. And welcome to another episode of A Dagger for Sight Blinder. May you find shade this day. What's up, OG Shadester? Sarah, how you doing? <laughs> good, how are you? I'm good. Throw I... shade? No. No. We don't do that here. <laughs> Why not? It seems like a thing that we might be good at. <laughs> and by we, I mean you. Uh, rude. So, so we, yeah, good. I was gonna say we got we we've got to the end of book three. It was terrible, awful, worse ending. Yeah, we haven't <laughs> talked about it at all. We, <laughs> so we haven't. So maybe you really do think that. I have no idea. Mm-mm. I guess Mm-mm. you'll find out. You'll find out what I think later on. Will I? Will I be maybe. paying attention? I would hope so. I would hope so too. Probably I will. We'll see. We'll find out that. We'll find out what you think of the ending and we'll find out if I'm paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I did find like a tiny bit of show news that's not massive. I just thought it was interesting show news and I wanted to get your opinion on it. Okay. If you're uh, good with that. If I'm still listening, go, go ahead. Yeah, if you're paying attention. What? <laughs> um, okay, so they allegedly there was like a cast le- member leak and whatever they they cast this Spanish actress Leia Costa, um, and the article I was reading was saying she was cast to play a character named Magdalena, which they're according to the article because obviously i don't know this but you would know this there's no character in the book named magdalena so it could either be a code name because sometimes they put a fake character name down um or they're making up a new character yeah i, I don't recognize the name at all but i don't, I don't know why would they would create a new character that was that was like a big deal though that's too- they've already talked about how they're gonna they're like hey we faked you out about loyal's death but but for real guys that was just to fake that that was just to get you guys prepped for the inevitable fiery death that's going to occur to a lot of your loved characters because we have to kill a lot of them off every season right so which it, it seems weird to kill off characters but then introduce characters that don't exist Right. Well, that's exactly it. Like, why, why would you do that? That will just piss off the fan base. They're like, oh, hey, look at that. Another, another really cool character. Uh, yeah. Like I, I'm sure it's just a code name. Mm-hmm. Let's see what she looks like. Leia Costa. I mean, not that I know what, I don't know. What they're going for. 
I mean, she could be any number of characters from the show. Right. She's pretty, but so is every girl in this whole series. So, but like, like Robert Jordan just describes every everyone as. Uh, so there's <laughs> there is one funny thing about the Robert Jordan like hierarchy of good looks, like because mm-hmm. he always describes like she's handsome but not beautiful mm-hmm. or whatever. Like he, you'll especially notice it in later books, but there's always he always ranks every girl on how you know on where she is in the beauty spectrum right interesting handsome but not beautiful like oh she looks like a farm wife like oh so all farm wives look dumpy i guess (laughs) i I don't know it's just a funny thing like he he clearly put put importance on it significance on it so Mm -hmm. um but but yeah most she could probably be anyone who knows Hmm. all right I was just curious, but Magdalena. All right. Yeah, that, that's what it says. I bet I think she's gonna be a forsaken. That's what I think. Really? I don't know. Sure. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. We don't know anything. All right. Um, do we want to get into the book then? It's the last seven chapters. Ooh. So okay, before we start, yes. um, did, did you think this was going to happen? Like, did you think the, oh, and I guess we should just give our spoiler oh, yeah. thing first. Yeah. So, You're good at that and I'm not. So, <laughs> so we're going to talk about In the Dragon Reborn, chapters 50 to 56, but essentially we'll just talk about the entire book. So anything before that goes, anything from the first two books goes, and anything from the TV show goes. <laughs> so spoilers everywhere. Spoilers abound. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. What were you going to ask? What I, what did I think? Uh, so did you think that the ending was going to be the same? Uh, like, did, did you predict the ending? I guess. No, this was not what I expected. What did you expect? I don't know why. I, some, I mean, for some reason, I got it in my head that there wasn't going to be a battle at the end. Oh. I was just, I just, like, I legitimately thought it was going to end on, like, some cliffhanger, and... (laughs) You did message me, you're like, and it's going to be a cliffhanger. I was like, hmm. (laughs) I just didn't, I didn't engage. I just changed the subject. (laughs) But, like, I did not, which is so silly of me, because obviously the first two books ended that way. So why wouldn't the third one end this way as well? Um, Hmm. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't expect it, but I didn't. So then when it started, I, was, I I kind of had this like, oh, we're doing this again? We just did this the last two times. Not that it was bad. It was just a like, for some reason, I had gone it into my head that that wasn't going to be what happened. So Robert Jordan does a good job, actually. I, I appreciate this about him a lot. Uh, he, he does a good job of making like, you know, there are no endings in the wheel of time mm-hmm. but this was unending kind of thing like there's there's always there's there's like some closure that you get at the end of basically all of them like some at once once you get to later books it can be just like oh well okay we've we've i didn't realize that that was the end of that character's story arc for this book because right. because he has so many story arcs going on at once but uh, right now he's uh yeah he 
he does a good job of uh, if you don't get a beginning middle and end of all mm-hmm. the stories at least you get a middle and an end right okay instead of it just and and, and really i can't think of his uh, and i don't think this is spoiler territory frankly um I can't think of a time that there was really a big cliffhanger at the end of one of these books. Like okay. there's more, you're like, oh, I want to know more of what happens. Mm-hmm. And I guess some of them you're more, more inter- interested in what's going to happen. Like it, you could say that this is a cliffhanger on some levels. Right. The ending, but. Right. Like I am intrigued by some things that have happened and, and some things that were said. Um but yeah, I don't know why. I really just didn't think there was going to be another battle. Yeah, I don't know why either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hmm. Uh, so let's talk about it. Let's let's get into chapter 50, which is the hammer. Okay. Um, which I kind of enjoyed that, they, that it was called this. Um, so basically, this is all Perrin, Moraine, that that crew, Lan, Fael, they're all in, they arrive in, in Tear and they've been, Tear, did we decide, what are we calling it, Tear or Tear? I've been calling it Tear, all but right. you've, you've been all over the place. I've been all over the story of my life. So they, they arrive in Tear. Good to travel. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they've been obviously like going after Rand, it's been weeks. And they go to this inn that Lance shows. Um, and I found this amusing that, that like now is the time that Fael finally pieces together like oh they're looking for Rand and it's because Rand's a dragon reborn and they're going to Tyr because the stone of Tyr is there and that's where Kalendor is so obviously that's where Rand's going and it's like this whole uh thing that she finally has learned um I kind of like though that she's I don't know I don't want to say on the on the outskirts of the group but she doesn't have all the information and it's it's fun as somebody reading it the first time to read about a character that's also learning information at the same time. Mm, okay. Um, I just find it, I find it like an interesting uh, tie-in. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so Perrin ends up going to this blacksmith in town and just wants to like work on a piece of metal and he does and the blacksmith gives him, you know, he's like, oh, I need this and I need this done and Perrin just starts doing all of these things and, and mm-hmm. this guy's just like you're uh like a master at this you don't need to do an apprenticeship if you want to come back and work here at all like I'll have work for you like this whole thing um and he ends up giving him this hammer that Perrin takes and puts down beside his axe in his room and I loved this part actually. I thought this was very meaningful like I I don't know the whole gravity of it yet, but it obviously is meaningful and carries a lot of weight for Perrin. The fact that he's putting it beside his axe, I think, said a lot. Yeah, so the, this is this is incredibly important for his story arc, actually. The hammer mm-hmm. is, it, it, as you'll see in later books, it's, uh, yeah, the, the hammer holds e- extremely, uh, like, extreme importance to him. But, mm-hmm. I, I mean... That I I really love that he gets this little respite. Mm-hmm. That they're, they're like it's the calm before the storm. You know the Moraine and land, and you you know that there's dark friends in the city. You know mm-hmm. that there's uh, that there are uh, issues going. Like Rand is going there. There's Kalimdor. There's you know Matt is is killing people. You know it's just like this whole this whole thing. Like you know Moraine even says like the whole city is just bubbling right yeah. now. And it's because there's three Taviran 
in there. It's not just because it's only Rand, but, mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe that happened. Now, I think that thing that they have, they say that at some point in, yeah. in this chapter, but I love that he's able to revisit the thing that he knows because right. that that's like the one thing that's that's how land defines him even like he calls him blacksmith mm-hmm. and he hasn't he's been out of his depth doing all this other crazy stuff and he's held his own he's been fine but this is the thing that he grew up thinking he was going to do this is right. the thing he wanted to do this that this is how what he, how he pictures himself and he gets a little bit of time to revisit that and see have I outgrown this? Mm-hmm. Is this still something I want to be? And it also shows, uh, it, it also shows Fail. Right. That what he, that she's like, so you are a blacksmith, blacksmith. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's also a really good thing to highlight, like you were saying how he, like this is who he, he was in the Two Rivers and what he thought he was going to be. And it carries even more weight to that because he's been, pushing like you keep hearing these moments of where he he finds himself trying to find like connect to the wolves and see if there's wolves nearby and then he immediately is like oh no like and shuts it tries to shut it down like he doesn't want to be doing it he's trying to squash that part of who he is so it's nice to see this where he wants to relate to who he feels he is or who he was supposed to be yeah so yeah. yeah, it's it's fun to see him like just kind of rediscover it, and he clearly, clearly does feel more at peace doing mm-hmm. it. And uh, it's it's like after all these months of him just like being terrified and scared, and you know, like all all these and stressed out, and he's saving people and killing people, and uh, all these new experiences, and the dragon reborn, and Isodai, and white cloaks, and wolves he gets to go back and just have a few days where he just does something he really like he relates with and does like yeah. everyone needs that everyone needs a little respite mm-hmm. yeah um yeah okay so also in this chapter though moraine ends up telling them like you said that there are dark friends in the town and she says that the uh high lord salmon is actually the forsaken Bilal. um and that there is like a plan for Rand to be lured to the heart of the stone so that they can get him to take Kalendor because only the dragon reborn can take it. Right. Um, and then they are either going to capture him or kill him. And then these Forsaken will have will have Kalendor. Um, so she's basically decided, but her and Lan are going to go into the stone. They're going to try and overthrow this plan and everyone else should stay behind and not follow them. Um so yeah, and she she does reveal here that she's learned. She's so I'm I'm curious about this. She says that in the past year that she has taught herself how to weave balefire. Mm-hmm. And I know that they that as an Aes Sedai, she can't like outright lie, but I just got the vibe from her that she has known how to do it for longer than that. I don't know why. Does it really matter? I don't think it matters. I, I didn't get that vibe though. I think right. I think she she was like, you know what? I need to become overpowered. I have to right. deal with overpowered people. I need my own overpowered ability. Fair. All right. Um, oh, and then uh, the only other thing I wanted to point out in this chapter is that Lan also points out that there are Aiel. He's seen Aiel around the city and on the rooftops. So yeah. 
Um, I thought that was important to note. Seems important. Right? I mean, I feel like if Land's pointing it out, it's probably of decent importance. Mild importance, maybe. Decent to mild importance. Yeah. Any any thoughts? (laughs) Any decent to mild important thoughts? No, everything of mine is ultra important, so I'll just pass. Okay, great. If we're only just taking mediocrity, I'll just go. We're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, So the next chapter is chapter one, Bait for the Net. And this, now we're back with the girls. We're back with Nynaeve and um, Gwen Elaine. Mm -hmm. And so Nynaeve is pretty sure that she has seen Rand in town and Mm -hmm. then ends up losing sight of him before she can actually confirm this from, I think there's like a cart or something passes between their Sure doesn't matter anyway so i think it's just important to note that like rand is there and people are seeing him but they're they're not totally sure if they're seeing him okay so just, just a real quick interjection though we don't know if it's she saw rand or maybe she saw an yeah that's a good point she saw someone uh, who looked like rand right well and probably it's rand now that i'm right. i said that out loud and i'm like even the sight of one aiel dressed the way aiel dressed Right. would start a panic i think people would so my, my guess is that it was actually rand because he's going to be dressed in a familiar way that people aren't going to panic and think he's ail right um but even so again like you were saying with Marie, moraine noting about the people in town and their mood and i need mm-hmm. notes on it as well so like everyone is noting that they're just in like a total sulking sullen mood um and- and this is the same thing I talked about last last time, I think, when it's like, this doesn't really happen in other books where a forsaken controls a town and everyone's a grump because of it. Right. But the, like, that's, they're try- in this book, he's trying to portray just how impactful the forsaken really are. Like, they're so powerful that the whole town, like an entire, like, uh, an entire big big city is mm-hmm. like one-fifth of them are just a-holes or yeah. or they're just or uh, you know some of them are yelling and some i guess some of them are just like sad or they don't care they've given up on life or whatever right. like they're they're emotionally and like they're physically impacted by mm-hmm. by just the mere presence of a forsaken yeah exactly i think that's important to know yeah, well, it, it's just, it's amusing to me because it doesn't, uh, may, mm-hmm. and maybe we'll watch, we'll, we'll pay more attention and maybe I'm wrong here, but I don't think this happens in other books. I think that he's just like, you know what, that's kind of an annoying trait. Let's just stop it. Um, The only, <laughs> you're going to kill me. It kind of happens in Harry Probably Potter. <laughs> it kind of happens in Harry Potter in that, but it's not, it's not a people that, that does it it's horcruxes that do it and they can affect your personality um and you see it happen in particular like to ron you see it happen to harry like if you're surrounded by a horcrux they're so evil that they bring out like the worst in you i was thought that was overpowered for like a sliver of who voldemort was like yeah, it can it totally corrupt one like it can it can affect people to that degree like so just just being around the full Voldemort is going to just like be
be an overwhelmingly corrupting I don't think effect. it has I don't think it has to do with who the person is like I don't think it has to do with Voldemort I think it has to do with how you make a horcrux and that it is such an evil vile thing to do that having that carried with you okay I'm not I'm not as good at at the lore in Harry Potter maybe we should cover Harry Potter at some point <laughs> you can you know what that seems seems like our podcast would be like three hours every day probably <laughs> <laughs> and I would say like three words <laughs> but but that that's immediately what it made me think of is I and again it's not a people it's just a type of okay you know, no I I like I like that though like there's I guess just the idea of I don't know the the agency of people is in a way being impacted like their free will isn't completely being dominated and taken away but at the same time I mean I, I don't know so some people can't live in Seattle for instance they can't live right. in Washington because they they choose not to be depressed all the time because, well because they know that the weather is there is going to impact them to the extent that they're going to be depressed they know that they're already like kind of vulnerable to that and mm -hmm. so i think that shows a wisdom to you know to stay away and it but but in this case like the the depression came to them like the you know yeah they so so like this we have this forsaken who comes in and in a way dominates everyone it, like or at least impacts them all to a certain degree mm -hmm. and i don't know like just the idea of yeah like the horcrux you have no idea that it's actually corrupting someone right or you know you to bring star wars into it like if you have a holocron uh, you know like the and that's more of like listening to their teaching but i know that in the past the the old school like the legends material now you know like there there were some artifacts that would corrupt you over time too so i don't know that's that, that seems like a pretty consistent literary theme to be honest or narrative mm -hmm. theme i mean it makes it makes sense to be able to use that i guess i always just feel frustrated by like uh, whatever there's i can't we'll talk about it more once once more of the power is mm -hmm. revealed like once you understand some of the things that the power is capable of doing there mm -hmm. there's some issues that i have with it actually okay but, i'm gonna remember that but yeah we can we can put a bookmark in that for now yeah um okay so other than that the other thing that happens here which is super important is uh, Julian lets Nynaeve know that the that the women that they're mm -hmm. looking for, um, so Leandrin and all of them, are guests of the High Lord Salmon. Um, so she ends up going back into Mother Gwena's house and then realizes that she has been set into this kind of like trap uh, where Leandrin appears. Uh, she's there with Rihanna. They, they um, what's the word I'm looking for? They like can they block her so that she can't they shield her they shield her so she can't she can't use her powers um mm -hmm. she realizes this and then punches both uh, this is just great can i just say like this immediately brought Nynaeve up in my eyes she just punches both of them in the face just trying to get away mm -hmm. it's like no yeah like <laughs> i can't use the power i will use my fists <laughs> no i i think i did like that part a lot like it shows it shows a certain level of I don't know, just 
over-reliance on the power on their end. They're, they're so right. used to getting their way with just the power that they don't realize the, the kind of threat that in a way that actually shows the arrogance of Aes Sedai in general of mm -hmm. like, I have the power, you can't touch me. And like white cloaks, not that I like them or agree with most of their stuff, but they're like, I'm just gonna kill you from with an arrow in the dark. You know, like right. you're like, I'll, I'll just assassinate you. And uh, like the Aes Sedai are just kind of, you know, they're arrogant to their own uh, danger. Like it's, you know, yeah. to their own downfall. It, in a way, it's nice to see that arrogance being met with uh, pain, you know? <laughs> Physical pain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but they do end up cap like get, getting her and taking her with Egwene and Elaine. They've already got them. Yeah, so um, Julian's betrayed them. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so they're going to the High Lord, who's actually Bilal, and you know, Leandrin's like, "Yep, you guys are all, you're all bait. You're part of the plan that Bilal's put together." And go in there. Yeah, there's a funny thing about the bait that we'll we'll talk about later. I think. Okay. Um, okay, so then the next chapter, In Search of a Remedy. So now we're back with Matt and Tom, and who's still sick. Um, mm -hmm. And they end up going, Matt decides, he's like, we got to go get you looked at. And Tom doesn't want anything to do with it. He totally does not want to have any concoctions made or all this stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But they take him, Tom take, or Matt takes Tom to Mother Gwena's house because he remembers seeing it. Um, and while he's there, they have this whole conversation. Uh, he like kind of is paying attention to her accent. And she's paying attention to his. And he no notices these three horses out back and comments on it because it's kind of strange. Um, and she makes a comment that she, she knew three girls who had his accent. So Matt describes them. He names them. And that's like, you know, Mother Gwen is obviously like, well, they didn't use those names, but the, the description matches and all mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. And it's very obvious that Matt is panicked and looking for them. Um, and she says that, you know, like you just missed them. Um, they, they were with women who could, they left with women who could uh, channel, channel. Basically. Yep. Um, which immediately relieves Matt because he's assuming like all I said, I are like, they're going to be, I said, I, so they're good. Yeah, you know that's when Mother Gwena is like, well, no, like they were fighting, like they fought like trapped lionfish or yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. Trapped lionfish in a net, trying to get free from them, and that's when Matt's like, uh, that like doesn't make any sense, and is concerned. Yeah, it's um, like that super sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he's he decides he's gonna go find them, and he leaves tom there against his wishes <laughs> yeah which is really funny tom's like no that's like just get better tom goodbye yeah. and he like he says goodbye but he's he says it like what, what's the exact line it's, like, it's been an honor knowing you or something like that like as if tom's going to die no it's like he's gonna die he thinks he's gonna die because he's oh. going to rescue the girl like he's gonna go face the black aja i i read it as if Matt was saying Tom was gonna die. I mean, it might have been him just being kind of a roguish dick about it. But it might have been funny, anyways. I probably just like misunderstood the the text. Um, that makes more sense. 
his math's gonna go be reckless probably yeah yeah that's what he does best exactly um okay so chapter 53 a flow in the spirit uh fight so Perrin is again like working with the blacksmith for another deal or another day and Fayil's still watching him um and that's when Moraine lets them know that Rand is there and she thinks that uh Perrin and Fayil and Loyal should go back to Tarvalin and her and Lan are going to go to the stone of Ter um and afterwards Perrin ends up finding he goes upstairs and finds Fayil in her on a on the floor in a room and she's next to this like hedgehog small hedgehog sort of mm-hmm. uh thing so anyway um moraine does some some pressing with the innkeeper and she, they learn that the innkeeper did let two women come in uh to bring a present for moraine so this is clearly a trap that was set up for her and file is now in it um and she moraine believes she's she is alive but not in her body which was a really weird way mm-hmm. of saying she just basically says she's trapped somewhere um and she is adamant that parent not go in the room because she's like whoever goes in there because parents he's like why aren't you helping her and she's like well if i go in there i'm just gonna fall into like whoever goes there is gonna fall into the trap and I thought this was, it was very Moraine the way she said this, but also very like just cold. She was just like, well, we're all going to fall into trap if we go in there. So let's just not, I have other things to go do. So I'm going to go do them. And she just leaves. <laughs> well, think, think of there's, there's this random girl who mm-hmm. is probably not that important. Mm-hmm. And she she just took the hit on this trap, and Moraine's like, "Oh, sweet! Like I'm not trapped now. <laughs> like they think I'm gone, and, and and I have a forsaken to kill. Like she thinks she's gonna go kill a forsaken. And right. I, I mean, th- that's that's worth the life of one random girl she thinks is annoying. Totally, totally get it. It was just like the phrasing of everything was. Yeah. It was very. Uh, I thought it was perfect. Like I wouldn't change it. I thought it was amusing. Um, But anyway, so she leaves and, and uh, you know, Perrin is explaining this trap that's happened to her to, to loyal because he's asking. And then this is, this is the part that I told you I got chills on actually. Him explaining it to loyal and like, no loyal's response Mm -hmm. and and perrin's observation about loyal Mm -hmm. because he's like he's like i'm gonna go there but i'm I'm gonna be exposed so can you protect me Mm -hmm. and and like loyal's ears get low and he said and you know he says he says like you know while i yet live something you know like no one will touch you no one will come into the room and and like the part where Perrin is looking at him and he's like he remembers the stories he's heard about yeah. how Ogier are implacable enemies mm-hmm. and and you know and and Loyal's just like I'll die before anyone gets in here like you know yeah and, and it's just like you see this side of Loyal that it's like oh yeah I wouldn't want to piss that guy off for real like right. he's he's dangerous to the extreme if if he's pressed you know like he's he's affable until it's time to to go um 
you know the it what it also makes me think of and you haven't read these i know you you told me um the patrick rothfuss books mm -hmm. um you know there there's three things all wise men fear mm -hmm. and uh you know the storm at sea uh something about a I don't know, something about the moon, I forget. But then one of them is, and the anger of a gentle man. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know, that just fits Loyal so perfect because he's so gentle. He doesn't want to fight, but it's like, you just see this side of him that you're like, oh man, I, I almost hope someone does come and mess with Perrin. Just just like, to see that side. Just to see, yeah. And, you know, just like a tiny spoiler Mm -hmm. for some from some other part of this like you at, at some point you get to see that side of loyal oh i'm excited for that then it, it's it's pretty cool yeah um yeah so like you were saying he's gonna guard it because because parents gonna go in there anyway even though moraine's like no you're just gonna get sucked in um because he he's basically wondering if where she's stuck is she stuck in, in the wolf dream like can can Perry mm -hmm. go in there and and get her um so he does and hopper meets him there and it's like you gotta hopper basically tells him you need to leave because you're gonna probably die here um i got chills on this part too because then yeah because because perrin is perrin's like now he He's gone through the transition. Robert Jordan does such a good job of repetition of like he calls mm -hmm. him. Uh, so Perrin calls her Zareen, calls yeah. her Zareen, calls her Zareen, calls her Zareen, call you know like yeah. and she's wearing him down, and then she gets she gets trapped, and now he's like I'm only ever gonna call you Fail ever again, and clearly has has strong feelings for her, and so then he goes in the wolf dream. Hopper's like. You can't be here blah 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 same old crap and mm -hmm. parent doesn't care and he's like as long as the falcon is trapped like i don't care about my own life and and then hopper's like then we hunt mm -hmm. it's yeah it's it was really good it's just it intense was, like, oh, yes yeah um so and then we go into chapter 54 into the stone and we leave Perrin um, for a little bit at least so we start with Matt so he's decided um, if he can get up the wall of the stone like maybe from a adjacent rooftop or something like that mm -hmm. he's, and he's seen someone scaling the wall of the stone so he's figuring like this could possibly be a thing um, and then all of a sudden he like feels that there's blades at his throat so basically with all of these Aiel have surrounded him and come out um and they're on Gosh. the they're on the roof but then also Julian then arrives well conveniently the, can i just say he luck luck and taviran okay okay fair that, that's that's why that's that that's why i love the uh, the presence of taviran because it's like mm -hmm. it makes all things so much more plausible Right. So, but so he arrives and he's like, well, why are he's questioning the Aiel of why they're there and why they're on the roof? And the Aiel are questioning him the exact well, same thing. I love, I love how like, like they, they startle Matt mm -hmm. and he just like knocks the spear away and starts fighting and knocks him over and fight, you know, and then they, they get him again. Mm -hmm. But then, uh, you know, like he, he just keeps, I don't know, I, I just like, 
for some reason it always reminds me of and i know that it's not even that popular of a movie but like the second matrix movie um mm-hmm. matrix what I, I don't even remember it's not revolutions reloaded maybe yeah it's reloaded um mm-hmm. there's this scene where where they're like in a car fighting these weird wraith things and they're like trying to like i don't know there's so much weird stuff going on like they're you know they're trying to drive but they're trying to fight trying to shoot and you know use knives and cut cut seat belts and buckle seat belts and it, it, there's like so much weird crazy stuff that's going on like almost in the periphery because the person's driving at the same time mm-hmm. and I, I don't know like I always really like that particular scene in that movie and for some reason this you know like Matt doesn't even know who he's fighting and yet he's you know he's just like tripping people and messing with them and right. you know, like just he's like fighting blind and yet he's still you know like everyone's operating on imperfect information I mm-hmm. for some reason I always thought of the the parallel between that I don't I don't know if it's even valid I just always they're linked in my mind now so but it's a good point yeah I, uh, yeah I, I just like that Matt's like oh, I'll fight for oh no never mind no let's try to talk our way out of this now. <laughs> yeah yeah well so I mean so the, the the leader, his name is Ruark, mm-hmm. um, and he he basically clarifies. He's like, "I'm not going to harm you if you guys don't like mm-hmm. sound an alarm type thing," and and vice versa. Um, yep. So they kind of have this like pack and go their own ways, and then oh, and they see Rand climbing the walls. They don't recognize him as Rand, but they see him. Mm climbing like because because matt's like some some other fools already climbing yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah so then um this was again so the julian is saying because matt's like i gotta go find these these girls and and rescue them and julian's like well i can i can help you do it well let's pretend that you're a thief and i'm taking you to the jail cell they they want to both they both want to rescue the girls because julian feels bad yeah because he's been powered into mm-hmm. betraying the girls. Like he's been forced to essentially. Right. Because Leandrin probably compelled him. Yeah. Like we've established, she can already yeah. make people do kind of what she wants them to do. Yeah. So they, they agree to do this and Mac decides to create this diversion um, because he's got fireworks on him still. So he mm-hmm. does that. And then they find this like hole in the, st- in the wall of, for the stone to go in um oh yeah he throws it well he throws he throws the fireworks in Mm -hmm. and it blows a blows a hole into the Mm -hmm. side of the stone so he goes in which is just (laughs) yeah uh yeah so just one i just i'm i'm trying I, i understand the logic of it of like throwing a firework and then there's a hole blown into the wall but then also there's I feel like almost anything now, there's a little piece of me that's going to be like, is that just too good to be true? Like, is that a Tavirin thing that it would just hit the wall and blow a hole in the wall so you can get in there? Well, I mean, it's already established that he has a huge amount of fireworks and that they're enormously powerful. I I, I don't think it's much of a stretch, frankly. Right. Like you throw a bunch of, I've, I've worked with explosives before. I've as ex-military, like I've actually, like I've gotten to mess around with C4 and stuff. And I, I don't know, like fi- obviously the fireworks are pretty different from C4, but I'll say, I'll say that 
in movies, sometimes they overdo things. A lot of times, though, they they undersell explosions. Okay. For what things can do, like mm-hmm. you, like a, just a a grenade. It like it's far more terrifying in real life. In fact, just just oh. uh, you know that than in like movies, like it you feel it in like it. it it's quite. It's really amazing, actually. It's really interesting stuff. Uh, but at the same time, I think. I didn't think this is too far of a stretch. Like they've already established that fireworks are incredibly dangerous. If you set them on fire, everyone's like, oh shoot, don't, why are you doing, like, why are you messing with that? Like, and maybe their fireworks are way, way different than our fireworks. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. So. um, And and if not, I mean, Tavirin probably does help. (laughs) It's not gonna hurt. (laughs) It can't hurt, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so they go in and, you know, there's these defenders of the stone in there and they immediately start fighting and, and both oh. of them now are like, at first oh. Matt's overwhelmed and then Julian joins him and they just start fighting their way through. I love it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they're just fighting back to back with their stabs and just yeah. beating the crap out of people. And Julian's like, oh, they're going to execute me. But he doesn't, he doesn't ever show any sign of willingness to back down. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they both keep going. Um, he's like panicking and matt's like well, I'm just, <laughs> matt's like i'm just gonna die to the black object like well we'll just you know whatever he matt doesn't care he's matt just, does not care he's just marching in um yeah so they're doing that and then while they're doing this we switch to rand and he hears this this um the alarm sounds are these alarms have started going off once once matt and julian have gone in there and start fighting them so rand ends up hearing that but he kind of just like doesn't pay any attention to it because he knows he's close to Calendor, so he just keeps going his own way. Uh, and then we go to Egwene, and she's been dreaming about Matt, and now she's dreaming that Matt's coming, or about Rand, sorry, and now she's dreaming that Matt is coming for them. And she can remember, she starts remembering what happened with Le- when Leandrin captured them. She wakes up, she's in the, they're all in a cell together, and they know that they're being shielded. Um, and I need like we're still shielded. I can't, I've tried to heal you. I can't do it. Um, so, and this is when Egwene realizes they are bait for Rand. They're bait for Rand to come and, and rescue them. So she decides that she's going to enter the dream world and figure out a way to save them. And by doing that, she realizes in the dream world that she's not shielded. So she can channel there. Um, and she finds Joya in the dream world, shields her, and then continues trying to find a way to rescue basically herself and Nynaeve and Elaine, which is pretty cool. I like how Egwene is starting to come into her own here. Yeah. So it's just, yes, yes. So I agree with that. Just, Mm -hmm. Just like completely on its own separate thing. It's cool to see like, She's not just fumbling around in the world of dreams and like totally lost and bumbling around. Like she's actually using her knowledge as a weapon. Yeah. And I mean, I especially like that she's like, well, I won't be shielded in Taylor and Riyadh. Like, yeah. And it, you'll, there's, there's this moment at, at some point in the future where she, she even moves, she moves a, like further steps. It's really cool to see her develop especially yeah. as a as a dreamer uh, but she yeah I I was like so why would Joya Bier 
be there. Yeah, I was wondering that too. And then eventually, like she see, she starts seeing the other girl, the girl who's locked him up. Like, yeah, they've already established that if you're just, oh, well, I guess if she's touching the ring and she's kind of bench, like she's drifting off. Mm-hmm. I guess they did kind of make that that better. Like she, because their captor who's holding the shield is conven- conveniently just appears there. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you can actually impact her here, but. I mean, if she has one of the stolen uh, rings that help her get into it, then, and I guess I'm skipping ahead a little bit, sorry. Mm-hmm. No, you're good. Um, okay, so she's doing this, and then we're back with Perrin. Perrin's still in the wolf dream oh, with Hopper. Hold, hold on a sec. So yes. uh, one, one thing I wanted to, one thing I wanted to point out, or ask you. Okay. And, all right, so uh, she she's like kind of tortures Joya Bier just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like finds a way to just like keep hitting her with air without her even having to expend effort. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is you, you know, I like an endless loop, but um, <laughs> I, I've always liked the the idea of that. But uh, so at, at one point, Egwene is like, "Okay, I'm just going to leave you here, whatever. I've, I'll I'll deal with you later." Uh, and she's like, "Man, I'm just going to have to learn how to cut throats because I don't I don't want to." I don't want to have to torture people anymore. This sucks. And and Joya Bier, of course, he's like, oh, she's like, oh, like terrified of it. And I was like, why don't you just cut her throat? I, I don't know. Like there, to me, I was like, she's gonna kill you mm-hmm. or or torture, then kill you and and your family and mm-hmm. everyone if she can. She is way too dangerous. Like, and she's already threatened, like she's already like. I feel like it would even be something that would be defensible, legal, at least in, in a lot of countries, at least modern countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm just totally off, but I was like, why, what's so wrong with doing that with, with an enemy that is going to clearly kill you if she gets the chance? Right. The instant she gets a chance. I'm, I'm wondering if it's more of she's not comfortable with the idea and like maybe she's using it as a bluff of sorts to to get people to to cave to her and give her what she wants without actually having to well yeah but i i guess i just i'm like why why do you think that's a bad thing Egwene, to cut right. this this horrible woman's throat who's who's done atrocious things anyways mm-hmm. i don't know maybe it's a maybe it's a form of vigilante justice that i should abhor but to me i i i really do value life at the same time if i have an implacable enemy who's just going to kill me the second they possibly can and they're in my power Mm-hmm. And, and they'll like they wouldn't stop it like they'll torture my kids and do it like I don't think that there's a moral reason not to just end them like not torture them not not prolong the agony but like uh, I feel like that's that's just common sense self-defense kind of thing but mm-hmm. maybe maybe you have a different perspective I, I don't know maybe I'm just a, like a horrible person <laughs> I I don't I don't think you're a horrible person. I think it totally like depends on the situation. Like you're saying, like if someone's coming after your boys, you're obviously gonna do something. Yeah, but it, if I know that they're going to, if they can, anyways, like 
I don't know if I'd be willing to just let them have the opportunity and then I have to react. Right. I, You'd rather be proactive about it. I, I mean, yeah, I would. I, I think, well, and of course, if it's in the context of protecting my boys, I, I'm sure I would do, I'd be moved to do even more things. I mean, right. And so would almost any parent, I think. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know why she's hesitant to, hesitant to it. Like, I mean, it's, it's uncomfortable probably. Like I, I wouldn't love the idea of, of cutting mm-hmm. someone's throat in cold blood kind of, but I don't know, maybe I'm anyways, I, I make it too much of a deal <laughs> of it. It just seems to me like they, they present it as, of course, I would never do that. Of course that like, right. That's, that's horrible. Like I would never stoop to just cutting throats. That that's not what a good person does. And I'm like, why, why doesn't a good person like, cause what if, what if she escapes and she just murders you later? Yeah. Like hmm. it, it seems a little bit short-sighted to me, but maybe I just have a ruthless streak that I'm not aware of. <laughs> maybe Egwene just hasn't tapped into it yet. Right. Well, and she kind of did reference that. She's like, oh, I'm sick of this. I'm going to have to learn how to cut throats. And she just joked about it kind of, but yeah. Anyways, we can move on. It's a, it's a minor <laughs> point. I just, it, it is, it has always driven me crazy. I'm like, if I ever write a book, my main character, the one that everyone should be rooting for mm-hmm. is going to have a level of ruthlessness that a lot of other books don't really have. Like, <laughs> Like, because I think my protagonist would absolutely just like, oh, yeah, you're not living through this interaction. Like, we're not going to be mean about it, but this needs to, like, not be a thing. Mm-hmm. I like it. Maybe. Like it. Like it. <laughs> let's let's move on. Okay. I'm, I'm done. Okay. So, yeah. So then we go back to parents. So he's obviously still with Hopper, um, and they are killing uh or hopper helps parent kill these guards that are near a door um and they were i i thought this was interesting they were startled to see wolves and um so obviously parents in there as like a a wolf which i thought was i think this was when i full i don't know why for whatever reason i just assumed he was himself when he went in there and just was with the wolves so this is has he always am i just connecting this super late like i'm okay so or is he just accepting it more they haven't really they haven't really explained it that much so far but until i run riyadh uh Mm -hmm. you you control your mind controls what form you take okay so for instance uh, if I was in Tilan Ran Riyadh, I would need to find some way to fix in my mind that mm-hmm. I'm wearing a gray shirt and blue pants, and, because otherwise, just stray random thoughts would affect my clothing and my appearance. It, and you can and you can change the way your face looks. Like it, it's all you eventually learn that, that it's all very controllable. And so Perrin doesn't necessarily realize that he's doing this, but like he's a wolf for a lot of this. But then mm-hmm. once he goes in and actually tries, like uh, then he tries to free fail. He yeah. has hands and a hammer to be able to start taking her chains out. So uh, like this, this demonstrates 
his his image of self is mm -hmm. you know it changes based on his circumstances okay okay cool so so he's clearly a a wolf at the time of that and then mm -hmm. they they do break down this lock in the store um yep. and he finds like you said Fael's in there um and he's smashing these chains and bolts that are holding her down and then she just disappears and can I just say that when this happened, when she disappeared this first time, I was like, I literally just said to Adam last week that I didn't think Fail was going anywhere anytime soon. And like, I, I legitimately was like, she's dead. Like that was my um, immediate reaction right there. I was like, she, she's dead. Okay. Um, she's mm. gone for whatever reason. Um, but anyway, he, he just decides that he, has to continue trying to find her because he realizes that it was like an illusion and it wasn't actually her yeah i just wonder so this is another one of those like he 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 creates things in the book in one book and then it just doesn't happen elsewhere like where where did you where did they get these like random people that that they killed because mm -hmm. it like it's pretty apparent at least if you've read the other books like the these are real people that they killed. They're, they're not just illusions of people. Like he tasted their right. blood, like they're real people. Somehow they're stuck in the world of dreams. Like someone has just like placed them there mm -hmm. as, as like part of this really elaborate, weird trap that like multi-tiered trap to tr if, in case anyone tries to go and free this girl who doesn't even matter really. Right. Well, I mean, they assumed it was, it, the trap was from Moraine originally, right? Yeah, but- the Forsaken also respect the Aes Sedai zero right as well like they just like always try to shove them aside mm -hmm. and I mean you could even see Bilal and his reaction later it just like belies that he yeah. just shows that his yeah. disdain um but but you're right I mean yeah the trap was for someone more important than what they would have placed on Fael for sure mm -hmm. but Anyways, it was just a weird thing. There's they just randomly get some goons to just hang out there to be slaughtered potentially. I guess so. You need henchmen. Well, you do to make sure that the person you've wrapped tightly in chains can't somehow escape. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he anyway, so Perrin and Hopper go off to keep trying to find her. And then we go back to Matt, and Matt is mm -hmm. still fighting. Um and now he's fighting one of the high lords yeah um, high lord darlin mm -hmm. high lord darlin and he also thinks he's seen rand at this point but he doesn't believe that it's actually rand so that they're everyone's spotting him essentially possibly mm -hmm. yep um but him and and julian matt and julian are basically they're just trying to find a shortcut that the high lords would use to get to the jail cells because that's where the girls most likely will be yep <coughs> excuse me um okay so chapter 55 what is written in prophecy this was a big one Oof. yeah 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 so um okay so we start with Rand. he goes into the heart of the stone because that's where calendar is and Bilal is already there waiting for him and mm -hmm. trying to get him to take Calendor and he, you know, reveals to, to Rand that Calendor's a saw in Grial. And um, they have this whole 
I felt like this interesting conversation back and forth where it was almost like Bilal was realizing that Rand had no memory of being loose Theron and he's like kind yeah. of re- reiterating to him like well you you took on like this sheep for like sheep herders form and like it seems it's almost like he's like judging him but also trying to make him remember his past um anyway yeah. i thought it was an interesting thing to do before you try to kill somebody but um yeah yeah, yeah. anyway so they so Bilal creates this like sword of of black fire he uses the one power to do this and then what because rand isn't taking calendar and he's basically like you need to take calendar or you're going to die like one right. one or the other and rand creates this sword out of red flame to fight back with him and they're fighting and that's when rand realizes that Bilal is actually like a true blade master because he is Bilal is now based off the moves he's doing guiding rand towards calendar like he's backing him into right. this corner so to speak um i really and, I, I thought it was really interesting sorry can i can yeah. i interject for one yeah. sec um I, I thought it was really interesting here because uh, so Rand, he's like, Rand knew he could he had no claim to the Heron Mark blade. And it's like, well, you just killed a blade master last book. Like, can you stop? And, like, <laughs> like clearly, clear, and you he even he's even been told the rules. So mm-hmm. he's just he's just being a stone blind idiot, I think is what some they call us some people in that in this book sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, he's being stubborn. And anyways uh first first off i'll say it's very been really discordant of we haven't heard from rand hardly at all except for like killing random people yeah and like just almost like a fever dream of like but they won't get me like they won't i'll show them all it just it feels like he's not even in his right mind kind of and then we see him and it's like oh here's the character that you haven't even seen this whole book but i guess we're just gonna hear his whole thoughts and he's suddenly a point of view character out after the whole book Mm-hmm. It's it's very discordant to me of like, and he's fighting someone we don't know anything about either. Like we don't have any context hardly. It's it's very strange. But then uh, I I did think it was interesting though because Bilal's talking about their past and he's like, do you remember when we read about swords and learned how to kill men with this archaic sport they used mm-hmm. to call, you know, fencing or whatever? And mm-hmm. it's like it's like Bilal is in in a lot of ways like he kind of pioneered the use of swordcraft with alongside Luz Theron back right. in the age of legends like so they they started it in a way <clears throat> yeah because back then there was way crazy like there's crazy technology it's like I mean I I think this sword sword play is cool to watch and all that stuff there's I don't have much interest in learning it myself though there's just it's not a very it's certainly not very practical in, as a day-to-day thing. Like it's a cool hobby and, you know, I respect people who want to do it. It, it just, <clears throat> you know, it's similar to that. And these guys are even further removed. They're like, really? People used to kill people? Like people used to fight like this? Mm-hmm. Let, let's like practice it to the point that we're masters at it somehow. I don't know. It's just kind of an interesting thing uh, whatever just just no, uh, a window was, to the past i actually like out of all of the because i know i said i didn't expect another fight but out of all of them i actually really enjoyed this one because it felt more like there was this 
true past to them other than the, the thing with Balsamon that annoys me is that every single time we see Balsamon, he's like, I'll get you lose there. Like it's the same line every single time. And I felt like with Bilal, mm-hmm. we were actually getting snippets of information. Like he was like, oh yeah, like exactly what you just said. Like he's talking about sword fighting and all this stuff. And, you know, he's surprised right. that Rand doesn't remember his past. Like it, it's this whole, it, it felt more like a genuine interaction which mm-hmm. sounds like a weird thing to say about someone who's trying to kill another person, but. <laughs> oh, it, it's true though. I, in a lot of ways, yeah, but, but Alzamon has, is just, he's just, he's pretty flat as yeah. far as he's like this weird villain that, and I'll, I'll say this, this is the last book I think that he really plagues us in this way. Okay. Like by Alzamon, it like, and in some ways you kind of needed some really flat character because because i mean we've talked about it in other books like what's rand gonna do in book one against someone as powerful as obviously powerful as baalzaman like Mm -hmm. you you needed some kind of weird almost like mystical metaphysical way for rand to win anyways Mm -hmm. and and so having like a having him beat someone he has had he's had a past with who's like a blade masters all this all this cool stuff has this whole resume so to speak would it's less interest you know like it it becomes less and less plausible and Mm -hmm. so in a way you kind of needed by but now now rand is more complex he's a blade master himself he's starting to learn Mm -hmm. to use the power he's starting to strategize a little bit here and there yeah and you're seeing like his his growth as well so it makes sense to go to the next step yeah, so we see Bilal here, and we don't know much about him, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's a he's a blade master. Yeah, so he's a dick. He's a dick. <laughs> um, yeah, so him and Rand are fighting, and while they're fighting, the Aiel and the Defenders of the Stone come in, and they start fighting. So there's another mm-hmm. like big battle going on at the same time, um, and then all of a sudden, Moraine appears, like right as Bilal saying, like, "You're gonna die if you don't take Kalendor." And- Yep. Um, she surprises both of them and Bilal's like well I'll just use my free hand to kill Moraine and get rid of her and before yeah. he can even do it she just shoots Balefire at him why doesn't she just shoot Balefire at him why does she have to be dramatic and be like she like draws attention to herself I, I'm fun. like why weren't you doing that in the last two books like because she didn't know how to do it in the last oh, two books. She's I more guess. dangerous now. So but so she kills him, which I thought Which was... Balefire is is a scary thing too, though. Like there's a reason yeah. why it's like you don't you, you like you don't want anyone to know how to do it because mm-hmm. it literally uh, so so if if you and i are in the wheel of time and and mm-hmm. i died like super sad that, that's tragic hor- horrifying horrible but at the end of the day like I'm still a thread in the pattern and I'll be rewoven at some point and reborn. Oh, okay. But like, that's, that's right. how it works. Like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. my I soul, see. like, but, but Balefire. I see where you're going here. <laughs> Balefire burns that thread out of the pattern. Right. It, it stops them from existing 
at all. Like that. So the idea, like if, if you if you don't believe that you there's an afterlife or anything, the, the the idea of death is maybe not as as scary. Like if you die and you think there's an afterlife, you're like, oh well, I, I should probably do at least the bare minimum to get it to make myself a better situation for eternity, mm-hmm. right? If you actually if you believe that, uh, but if you if you believe that you are going to actually exist in some form forever in perpetuity and you might not ever remember all of it but like you're you'll you'll have a future for you know thousands millions of years the idea of maybe just being snuffed out yeah is actually somewhat terrifying that's yeah yikes yeah 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 that is a scary thought right and so so moraine's just like all right we did it to the dark pounds Mm-hmm. And I guess we'll do it to Forsaken. So he's he's gone. He gone. He's gone. He's gone. Uh, yeah. So she, she does that. Um, okay. So then she she tells Rand though that like he needs to take Calendor because it's it's his to use and he should take it. It's his birthright to to do this. Only the Dragon Reborn can can do this. Um, and then all of a sudden she gets hurled across the room from from Black Lightning, and you you know, Rand looks up and there's balls him on in the air he sees his fiery eyeballs up there um and he tells rand it's gonna blow your mind that it's rand's gonna die no yeah he said he said that he said that he went there oh my gosh yeah oh that rapscallion uh so anyway so rand uh he kind of like jumps towards calendar like he's gonna grab it and he and he does um and as soon as he does he can feel like how much power he's able to you know wield with this and it's a scary scary situation he kind of has to control himself so he doesn't go mad on the spot um and then Balsamon ends up fleeing to like he just like takes off and Rand's like oh because I'm gonna I'm gonna fall I'm gonna finish this and follows him and it just seems it's so weird Balsamon's like yeah you're gonna die and then he runs away could we mostly skip their fight stuff yeah man okay because it's weird and dumb it's weird um This is what you were talking about earlier, though, because now we go back to Egwene in the dream world where she she sees where the the cell is and sees a Miko out front of it, who's yeah. kind of mm-hmm. like guarding it and can tell that she's she's got a tar and grail in her hand. Mm-hmm. She's drifting in and out. Um, so she ends up holding, she channels air to hold her and then um, spirit to, to shield her so that she when Amiko flickers back into the dream world, she can uh, kind of hold her there and then use channels earth then to break the lock open on the jail cell. And which she she does all of this and then she decides, okay, we're good. She leaves the dream world and wakes up and the door is still shut. They're still shielded, um, but Amiko is still bound out front. So it kind of half worked i guess yeah so you have to admire their tenacity because she's like well crap okay i have to go back to sleep and exactly 
you know, <laughs> this is where it would be handy if she could just cut Amiko's throat. Right. Then they problem solved. No more shielding. Right. Exactly. But she she can't do that though. Like it's so. I think it's just against her. I mean, right now, at least, I don't know how she's going to develop later on, but it seems like it's against her, like, character. Yeah, but she's going to get, uh, whatever. Yeah, you're right. She, Me arguing against what she, <laughs> she's willing to do doesn't make any sense. But anyways, so yeah, she's trying to go back to sleep. Yeah, so she's trying to go back to sleep. And then we switch to Matt. So Matt and Julian have now entered this this dungeon where the jail cells are. And they see Amiko, who's mm-hmm. bound, but is mentally, like, aware of what's going on. And you know, Julian kind of warns Matt that that's an eye to die and to be careful. And he's like, ah, it's fine. Kind of recklessly saunters over there anyway and takes the key off of her to open the jail cell, um, which he does. And he he's sees- pretty cautious. Like he's, yeah. He's like, what's going This is so weird, but mm-hmm. all right, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Takes it, unlocks the door. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, you know, Ben, even Elaine are basically kneeling or whatever over top of a gwen because she's trying to go back she is asleep and then they they uh are surprised to see matt and then even more surprised to see julian wayne's woken up at this part and decide they will deal with him later so they, mm-hmm. they ain't happy to see him or matt yeah yeah they're not really i was actually a little surprised that they weren't very happy to see matt This is one of my very least favorite parts in almost the whole series. Mm-hmm. Matt goes into an impregnable fortress. Yeah. He blows a hole in it, fights at, at his own, like for no gain, except he's going to, he's going to like, he's going to face down the black Aja, the defenders of the stone, all this stuff. And he doesn't know that, that the IEL are going to be attacking at, mm-hmm. at the same time. He doesn't know that Rand is going to be part of it. He, he just knows that he is going to go in there and do it the best he can mm-hmm. to save these girls for no reason other than that he cares about, like he doesn't want them to be imprisoned. Yep. And so at great personal, uh, like uh, risk, right? He's right. And they treat him with total disdain. They don't say a single word of thanks. Mm-hmm. And, and they like lift him up with the power and like threaten him. Mm-hmm. yeah because he he like criticizes them when they leave Nynaeve punches Amiko which ends up breaking the shield because she knocks yeah. Amiko out um and he's like criticizing her for you know hitting yeah, someone like, who, couldn't, defend, who mm-hmm. couldn't defend themselves and then they you know yeah it, it just seemed very I don't know it's total horse shit I could see <laughs> I could see them doing it to Julian if it was just Julian arriving by himself. Sure. It's like, oh, I met, I came to make amends. Absolutely, could totally see that. Mm-hmm. It just felt very weird that they did it to Matt. And then, so this happens, and then they decide like they're gonna go find the Black Aja. So Matt and Julian, like Matt, still after all of this is like, well, I'm gonna go with you guys and make sure you're good. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so. Yeah. Anyways, I. I just. Someone comes to rescue you, and and actually does like, 
maybe they're frustrated because they were like they had they kind of had a line on rescuing themselves like they might have been able to with Egwene if she did the right things in in the dream world but mm-hmm. like just the fact that he's there it where he is he's fought high lords he's blown up things like he's faced Aiel he's mm-hmm. you know beat defenders of the stars uh, you know, mm-hmm. and he's risking the Black Aja, just killing him outright with the power, with no defense. I, and then they just don't even say a single word of thanks or kind word. They threaten him and leave. Just yeah. disgusting. Yeah, it was very weird. I didn't, I didn't like this part of of the girls. So let's continue. Yeah. So um. Yeah, then we go back to Perrin, and Perrin is still trying to rescue Fael. He's found her multiple times, and each time he finds her, she's just, you know, disappeared again. It's an illusion. Um, and then they finally, Hopper finally takes him to another set of doors, and it's like, okay, like, beyond here, like, let's let's go. Um, so Perrin goes in, and he sees Fael there. She's bound, she's chained again, like, all this kind of stuff. And oh, then wow. here, mm-hmm. as soon as he goes to her, like, falcons all these falcons just start attacking him and he's trying to to free her and he finally does manage to to break the chain even though he's got all these falcons attacking him and he so he does this and then he wakes up so um he wakes up in the inn and she's there and she's wiping the blood off of his face so and they exchange some whatever words terms of endearment nonsense they clearly care for each other mm-hmm. so yeah and then we go back to rand we'll skip all this battle stuff because it's just a whole bunch of weirdness but he does kill balsamon in the dream world and then exits the dream world and balsamon is dead at his feet and then he kind of shouts at the aiel and defenders to kind of stop the defenders of the stone to stop fighting because he's a dragon reborn mm-hmm. and yep um interestingly enough i thought both sides so the aiel and the defenders of the stone both of them immediately like kneel to him yep um so i thought that was amusing because they're fighting each other but they're gonna they (laughs) they both acknowledge him as their master yeah yeah so um any thoughts there before the last chapter no no. Uh, not really. I mean, yay, he beat Baalsman again. But I, I think the mm-hmm. biggest thing is there's finally a body. Yes, there is a body. And that, that is a big thing, I thought. Right. So mm-hmm. so that isn't necessarily, well, they even mention who Baalsman is here mm-hmm. um, uh, in, in the next chapter. But like this, this isn't the last time we've seen uh, this person, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not nearly as grating. Mm-hmm. um okay so in the last chapter people of the dragon so matt is kind of like remembering fighting and he's with with the girls and moraine and, and rurik's there they're, they're all kind of together and moraine's explaining the parent is with a companion and they both may be in danger um, and then she kind of shows that she found this seal and it's an intact and it's the first one that hasn't been broken. And she knows that every time, you know, Rand's fought Balsamon, there's been a seal found relatively nearby. Um, so there's only, you know, a, what, four more or something like that imprisoning the Dark One. Um, 
anyway, so then during all this, Ruark starts talking about how he shows them this dragon mark that's on his arm and starts talking about how they they get it and Moraine realizes that it, and it's kind of surprised to realize that the Aiel are the people of the dragon um which I mean would make sense when you when you think about all the similarities that Rand has physically to Aiel and how he can you know Nynaeve and all of them have kind of mixed him up with Aiel before or note that he looks similar to them so just a fun little thing um but this was what I thought was uh more important in terms of Balsamon leaving a body because Matt is like well Rand's killed the dark one and Moraine is basically explaining that Balsamon couldn't have been the dark one because he left behind a body and if it had been the dark one there wouldn't be a body uh to be left behind so she, this is where she says like they they start thinking about who it could have been and they think it might have been Ish, ishmael 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 um, ishmael ishmael that's how they pronounce it here well um, so i think it's funny because the subtitles in in the wheel of time show mm-hmm. have the the dark one who confronts rand they, yeah, they name him as Ishamael in the subtitles. I noticed like, that, and I was like, "Aren't those two different people?" And then no. I thought, I was like, "Maybe that's just his name." Nope, it's just a forsaken. Yeah. So this is who they think, who they think it was, possibly. Um. So it is. Yes. Hashtag spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um. Yeah, so then dirt afterwards, the um, Berling comes in and she hands Maureen this note and says it was from this, you know, beautiful woman and says that Lou is there and is hers and always has been, but she will leave him in Maureen's custody for now and signed Lanfear. Hmm. Uh, That's sweet so, of her. Yeah, super, super sweet of her. Slash yeah. creepy. Uh, yeah. So very intrigued by that whole thing there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but then also Moraine does reveal to the group that, you know, Matt blew the horn of Valir and he's he's to Viren as well. So all of this important information to know going into the next book. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, excited. Next book is exciting. It's a good I'm, book. I'm real based off. So, the, and this is kind of what I was saying with like how the characters were left. I'm really excited. Like, I want to know what's going on with Perrin right away. Yeah. So, surprises no one I know. Well, gosh, uh, you can't. So every book you kind you kind of have like one one main ish character. The, mm-hmm. the other ones can be featured, and sometimes like sometimes certain characters are just not in a book at all, rarely. But there is um, this next book. You almost think that the main character, in a way, is Perrin. Actually, mm-hmm. it, it there's a lot of focus on him at the very least. There there's important things that happen with other characters too, though. So you can't quite say that the, that it's Perrin's book or something. Mm-hmm. 
just okay. the, you know, solely his but yeah it's it's good it's my it's my favorite out of all of them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm excited to start it i already bought it Ooh, exciting i already so. downloaded it i've i've owned it for years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i meant I, I bought it on audible you know what i mean yeah, I um okay so who would you say is the mac here because I don't know who annoys me the most. Would you, I go ahead. I was gonna say, would you would you classify anyone as annoying based off what they? Yeah. Okay. It's real easy. Okay. Who do you real think? real easy? Okay. Egwene, Elaine, and Nynaeve. Because Hand. of what? Because of how they treat Matt. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and they browbeat him again at the end there. Like, they're always like, oh, stupid Matt, like, st- shut up, Matt, like, stop talking to us, Matt. Like, and he's just trying to get, and he's, he's not like the nicest, but he just saved them. And at, at so much risk. I know. And they don't respect that even a single bit. They're, I just hate that. Mm-hmm. I, it bugs the heck out of me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like, all three of them should get like Mac times five most annoying mm-hmm. character by a huge margin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I don't think you could pick anyone else realistically, even if that hadn't, I mean. Yeah. I'm trying to think like, I mean, by all by <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but then again, he had the decency to finally actually die. So yeah, so so not that annoying. Um, yeah, because Rand is off doing Rand things. Moraine's doing Moraine things. Perrin is being cool. Yeah, they're all um, being heroic. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think you could pick anybody else. You don't have to. No. All right. The only character that I found sus in these chapters was Julian. Um even though like we we do like know and he's he feels guilty he was compelled he still is just i don't know i don't i still don't really trust him now okay that's fair so that's mostly gonna have to be the rating you have because i i know who's his sus and who isn't so i know i know um you didn't think bear lane was sus a little bit i didn't well maybe a little bit but not a ton she just shows up and she's like i normally don't hand out messages but here you go mm-hmm. there's uh, a message from forsaken maybe oh well maybe. whatever i don't um the other one that i had kind of fix- fixated on and i don't know if it's necessarily sus i just like made a mental note of it is that mother gwenna knew what happened like she knew what happened to the girls, introduced the girls to Julian, and just like, you know, is fine. Like, there was no repercussion, really, that we know of to her. True. I mean, but she, I don't think she needed any kind of repercussion. No, but she also, I guess, I guess you wouldn't get involved if there's people, like, if she obviously saw that they were fighting to not be taken because she describes that to Matt um, right. and did nothing. But I guess if you can see that they're able to channel, you wouldn't intervene. Well, she's like wrapped in flows of air, isn't she? 
the whole time like mm -hmm. like she can't actually physically move yeah so, so. yeah now okay. you're gonna make me think about bear lane excellent <laughs> okay so then next week we'll start the rising shadow so we'll do the first 10 chapters i downloaded it and i looked at it there's no prologue so we'll actually do chapters one to ten shadow rising okay yeah. the rising shadow shadow rising do i type it backwards i might have typed it backwards it's not the rising shadow maybe i just had a maybe i'm just taking crazy pills let's find out i had I, it's totally possible that i just typed it backwards shadow rising okay which is great because that means I typed it properly into my phone to download it and then typed it incorrectly immediately afterwards here. Um, nice. Yeah. So there's no prologue, really? There's no, that, well, that's interesting. So, so I downloaded it and I like clicked it just to double check and it mm -hmm. took me straight to chapter one. All right. First 10 chapters. So first 10 chapters. All right. Let's do it. Cool. So that's it. Any final thoughts? No. Um, I'm glad we're done with this book and into <laughs> the better book. Awesome. Cool. I'm excited. Um, and on that note, thank you everybody for listening. May you always find water and shade.